Alright, what's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. And your co-host, MJ. Um, who, who has found a new tagline? Who has found a new tagline, and I'm about to share you my tagline in just a second. Uh, I just actually realized that I have a tagline this entire time. Um, After months of her trying to figure out what her tagline is going to be. <laughs> makes me angry that I didn't have one. Um, okay, so I go, hope you guys are having a great Tuesday. I know Easter's coming up. If you celebrate, if you celebrate Passover, whatever you celebrate this weekend, enjoy it. I hope it's lovely. However, here's my tagline. Stevie, what's going on in the book world? <laughs> now it's even funnier that you did it that way. I know. Um, so today is release day for one of our really, really good friends. <gasps> April Canavan! And it's Boots on the Ground. She? Which, it's such a good book. Who's my spirit animal? Look, April, I need therapy now. <laughs> um, what else is coming? What We Deserve is coming out tomorrow. So when you're hearing this, it will be out. Um, it is called, it's part of, the, it's book one in the Wishbone Tattoo series. Mm. Which, Hello. My man, the tattoo artist, is hot as shit. <laughs> I'm all I'm here for it. And this little like the beginning of this book is about this girl who walks who's she's like prim and proper type girl mm-hmm. of how she's described. Walks into a tattoo parlor and was not as a tattoo artist, but as the impressionist. <laughs> I love it already. So you can imagine how this is gonna go. I'm excited already um lisa suzanne is releasing book four which is called waiting game of her vegas aces series which um that just gives me all my feels all of them everybody needs a hot luke in their life (laughs) and hot luke's favorite cereal is lucky charms Ooh, i like lucky charms Oh, I like his lucky, lucky charms. charms off my body. Look, I just, I told Lisa, I was like, I like his lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is happening? Uh, our good friends Piper Rain is releasing a new book tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, next week. And I'm so excited to start this book. And it's the amnesia trope. Oh, God. That kills me every time. I can't read those, man. And Natasha Madison, who is another good friend of ours, is releasing Southern Heart, which is one, two, three, four, book five in her Southern series. Yeah, she went back south, boys. Yeah, back in the south, and I'm so excited. So now we are going back, and it's Ethan's sister this time. And it is a best a brother's best friend trope we love so, those we love i'm those. here for it yeah but um, today we have a very special guest that we're gonna be talking to we're gonna be talking all things books twilight 50 shades of gray right it's gonna get steamy it's gonna get fun and you guys are not ready for this coming episode so I'm actually, I'm actually really excited to ask her if she read midnight sun yet same because uh i have it I just haven't read it yet. Interrupted my closing line, and I'm so mad because it was flowing. Oh my gosh, you and your 
So let's get over to it. <laughs> you messed it up. Look, so, this is why we're friends. Without further ado, without further waiting, let's go learn about all things Ariana Rose. Welcome to the podcast. We are super excited to have you, Mrs. Ariana Rose. Thank you for joining us. Hey, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. We're excited. We have a bunch of amazing questions. And listen, I did research. I just want to let you know, I did some serious digging. <laughs> On I could kind of tell a little bit and I'm really okay. excited. <laughs> I did research because unpopular opinion. Okay, listen, do not judge me. Okay, don't judge me. I love Fifty Shades of Grey. However, I, I tried to get into Twilight. I tried. I really tried. It just wasn't for me. It just wasn't. And that's okay. I read them. And I mean, I think the writing's phenomenal. And I love the, I don't know why I didn't like it or like why I wouldn't, I wasn't like Twilight. It made me mad that I wasn't, but I don't know. It just wasn't for me. But Fifty Shades of Grey, I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I would like that. Like, please, God. But I did research, so I'm, I'm ready to ask you these questions. Okay. Maybe <laughs> you want to go ahead and take the first question about your books. Awesome. I'm, I am ready, and I'm so glad you picked what you picked because I'm – Ah, about this. Well, there was an option for me because I read Twisted. I mean, I read the the Stone Trilogy too, but I read Twisted. I'm so excited. I was actually a blogger for Twisted, which made me excited because I read I read an art copy of it, so I was really excited about it. And I'm a really big fan of this world. Yeah. So the Driven World is such a good world you know that um my follow-up to twisted is coming in june right and that is and you're like yes that's Wesson haley's book right am i am i like i'm really wanting to see them again yes, yes. Are, you, are you trying to get spoilers yes <laughs> you will be very happy this book is hot this book is um twisted. dark and twisty and in all the right ways um I love a Meredith Grey moment I, oh <laughs> all the time <laughs> every day yes. so we we can go in order we can random it up you can ask me stuff that's not on you can ask me stuff off script I will likely have an answer it's all, right, cool. it's all good all right, Stevie, go ahead. Take it away. Um, so we'll start with Twisted, which is Eli and Dylan's book. Was there anybody in particular who inspired the couple or the book? Okay. This music plays a big part in all of my novels. Um, you know, if you've read the Stone Trilogy, you know that that's thick in through them. It's just part of that creative being. Right. I got an idea I woke up with an idea one day I listened to you two a lot when I was in high school so like the Joshua Tree and Rattle and Hum those are my favorite U2 albums and will be forever right I just was like I want to create a, a hero that likes U2 so then I started listening to U2 music and I started scenes kept coming out of that 
Yeah. And for a long time, Eli didn't have a face. And then there was, there was an, a model who was in the same modeling agency that my muse for the stone trilogy is from They're They're in the same modeling agency. Yeah. And I was, I was just scrolling, looking for pictures of Carl. And I was like, who is that? Oh, that is him. Like it just like, amazing. So, um, he's on Instagram too. And then, um, Oh, his name is Leo Vlasic. Yep. She's like, I gotta go follow him. Um, You need to, and you're welcome. Um, got it. He, his, his Instagram stories are super funny and timely. And he puts up a lot of his photo shoots, especially recently, because he's doing a little more modeling. It's a V-L-A-S-I-C. Oh, (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) He's handsome. And then, so Dylan, okay. So that's how I came up with the Eli piece. And Dylan became a monster of her own as I started writing in a good way. I built this huge basis for Eli because I wanted him to be unlike any other male character that I'd ever written. I wanted him to have a super strong familial foundation. I wanted him to have to have grandparents that were still married, parents that were still married. He was the you know, the protective older brother, like, and he had this, you know, what looked like this little storybook life going until he didn't. Yeah. And, um, but he still always has this family base to go back to. And I really wanted that because I, I tend to do broken a lot with my males, um, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they make the best books. Right. I'm and everybody. Julian's very broken. And so I kind of wanted to go just a little bit different with this. And so I hadn't really thought about, you know, I knew I was going to give him, you know, a heroine at some point. And I was like, writing, writing, writing. And all of a sudden she just showed up, like just showed up alpha female. She's an alpha female and it's beautiful. I'm like, she is everything I wish I could have been at that age and still would be at this age. Um, she's, she's very Kelsey ballerini to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a kind of so pretty. Yeah. She's, but so she's a dancer and her entire character was inspired by a routine from, so you think you can dance. Oh, I'm here for it. I love that show. Okay. So if you remember the season with Kayla and Capono, when they did me and Michael's routine to gravity. Yep. Yep. I just, that is who that is. Kayla was my inspiration where Dylan began. Mm. And then she just grew from there. And I kind of, she just, she slapped me in the face. I don't, I literally, I, I kept talking to my friends who were alpha reading for me. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like where I don't. So I watched that routine over and over. I can play it in my head and not even have to have it on. And there is this routine you saying that made me think if you like stuff like that, have you seen the 
uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh my God, she's a country female artist, and she dances with whatever. The she hot- came from American Idol. I don't. No, 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 no. It's, Not her. It's like Jen. It's something with a J. Oh, Jana Kramer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me look her up. I am a face person. I'm a face. Are you talking about the one she did for her daughter Jolie? No. Yes. Because no, no, Anna no, no. Kramer did one for her daughter Jolie right when she was going through her divorce. And yes, she well, she just went through her divorce. divorce, and she yep. did this sexy ass dance. It was with, it was Jana. She was still separated from her husband. Now was she with together. was she with Alan or Gleb? Gleb. Gleb. It was Gleb. that was it. They tangoed to they did a they tangoed and oh my god I watched and like her husband had cheated on her right yeah and well. He, he's a sex addict. I well, I mean, he still cheated. I, I mean, he seriously. I mean, he still he still cheated. He cheated on. Yeah, him. but they and are still married. They are together. She is. Oh my god! I, listen, I don't. If somebody cheated on me, this is exactly how I want to like get back at them because this video, you guys need to go watch it. They like start off in a bed and there's water and um. I I I saw it live. Yeah, so not hot. like I wasn't in the studio or anything, but I like I I was like, oh okay, oh it's okay, best. but yes, ma'am. When I am going through and doing all the dance portions of Twisted, it's mm-hmm. either Mia Michaels or Travis Wall. Oh man, I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. here for it for both of them. Yeah, so that's kind of where that came from. Um, I just want to get in a little a little something something about Wes. He's kind of become my favorite. If um, so straight up Luke from summer house mm-hmm. is my inspiration for him. 100% always has his face was immediately that person. And the funny thing about Luke is that, um, he's from Minnesota and he graduated from the same college. I did only five years later Luke is and hot. he plays hockey. Yeah. Luke is hot. Luke is I'm here hot. for it. <laughs> Luke is very hot. Yeah, he is very odd. I would have Luke's babies. So maybe that's <laughs> my favorite too. So that's kind of, for this book at least, that's kind of how that kind of came for me. Okay, so now that we, now that like fans have seen, you know, where, you know, your mind is at with this, like with this series, what can they expect from like book two? Like, will it, we get more of like Wes and Haley? Is that like the vibe that you're going? Is it, I know you said it was going to be dark and twisty, but like, yeah, the title is entwined. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gets, you know, you have, you, you're continuing with um, Dylan and Eli's journey, which it can, I don't want to give too much away, but it continues to be complicated but in not the ways that book one, it was complicated. And then you can complicate that further <laughs> with uh, a little bit of Wes and a little bit of Haley and Ooh. how that kind of all kind of blends together. So I have, I'm speaking through four main characters throughout the entire book. And that's why it's going to be longer than I anticipated because they're still talking and there's just so many different angles to build from. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think? There'll be some big surprises to people in there. So what do you think makes Wes di- different from Eli? 
and Dylan different from Haley that you think that they work so well in a book like where you have four different voices kind of thing like what yeah is- so for me with Eli and Wes they are they are a bromance of sorts they are you know they I grew up in the eighties. They're, they're top gun. They're they're I put yeah. them as Maverick and goose for Maverick a reason, but I gave that, I gave the Maverick role to Wes. He's just got that bigger personality. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, he's got that more kind of womanizing categorization where like Eli is more like he's been hurt by women. He's, kind of well, different. he's been with three women in his life and slept with only those three women like that's you know that's just where that's what he's been given um you will learn a lot more about Wes in this book um reasons for why he might be the way he is um he's not he's not one for excuses but um you learn more about his career you learn more about his history and a little bit about it was what his potential future might look like. So there's, there's, there's a lot of little things in there and Dylan and Haley, um, they work so well together because they aren't competitors. They have the thing in common where they, they have needed someone like each other for themselves as friends, but Dylan is an only child. So she's wanted that that bond and she found that acceptance from Haley immediately and Haley was so over um Eli's ex-wife that it was very easy for her to finally have that hole filled where you know they're the same age they have some similar interests you know and women just chatty finding friends like I know that everybody is like oh my god like everybody like you're that girl if you say like you have more guy friends it's like no girls genuinely are catty like they can be you can literally I think the difficulty in finding female friends is just like you said you're not competing with them there are Mm -hmm. some people that you become friends with where you're constantly feeling like you have to prove something to that person and when you don't need that, that's when like a friendship blossoms. Yeah. You're like locked with that person for life. And I think if, I think the big thing is, is that Haley looks at Dylan as someone who saved her brother and her brother is the most important person to her in her life. Dead. Dead. Cries. I'm crying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's point, that's, that's point blank. I mean, that's just. That reminds me of Kai Emerson and Lottie. Oh, my heart and soul. Oh no. I have this character. His name is Emerson. He has a twin sister named Charlotte who ends up with his best friend, Kai. And Kai is kind of like the older brother that Emerson never had. Like in one of the books, Emerson is like, Kai's like Santa. He just like knows where I am at all times, what yeah. I'm doing, when I am doing it. And it makes Charlotte love Kai more because of how much he loves Emerson and like looks after him. Mm-hmm. Just, it makes my heart so happy. I love yeah, him. I just, I, I was very, very glad to be able to go into this and build that strong family base. Some feedback I got from some readers, not many, but some are like, it took forever just to get into his story. And I'm like, 
well, you need to know who he is and where he comes from in order to give a shit about yeah. him. Yeah. At least I do. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the best. I can't, I can't get into a, I can't, I don't think, uh, okay, some people, I can't be expected to be attached and cry when you write angsty scenes if I'm, I have no idea who this character is. Like, if you're jumping directly into, like, you know, some, like, angst-filled scenes, like, oh, this is sad, but it's not like I'm devastated because I don't know anything about them. And so when you know stuff about them, it's like, oh, my God, this is my person. Like, I know this person. It's like my yeah. best friend, and they're going through this right now, and I can't deal with it. Yeah. That's literally so that's where that so so that's a long answer to be like Weston Haley fans you will be happy to know that there is a good portion about them <laughs> party party okay Stevie you take the next question ma'am lady woman <laughs> I'll answer to anything um how did you like writing in authors worlds like driven and cocky heroes um they were both very they operated both very very differently um i learned more about the business side of things from cocky Mm -hmm. um things are very regimented you you know you spoke with lawyers you spoke with um all those things um I didn't have a super awesome experience with the audio side of cocky. Um, they did not allow us to pre-hear anything before it was published and mine wasn't right. So well, that was a bummer. Yeah. Um, but with the driven and everyday heroes, Christy, came from the perspective of she wanted to become kind of a a mentor through the process, you know, give back to where she came from. And, um, you know, when I was having issues with, you know, anything, I would just drop her an email and she would, you know, personally reply and kind of, I'm like, I need a real, I need real talk. So yeah, whatever that is, tell me. And she always would. And I really, really respect that about her. So, um, cocky gave me my first opportunity to write sports romance and I will be going back there. Um, I will be going back there. It might be till it might be 2023 when my contract (laughs) with cocky expires and I can get the book back and read, you know, have it to myself and be able to own them in a certain type of way mm-hmm. and not have to kind of like weave their information in. I, the yeah. way or the place I want to take the other two interconnected books um, wouldn't lend to that well. And so I want to be able to restructure, you know, restructure Bitter Edge when I get it back and then take that forward. Um, I could, I would write in Driven World forever. Like if I could. Um, Colton speak Colton always spoke to me in a in a in a really vivid way I don't I I can't I mean I guess I don't really have to describe you know when you find certain book boyfriends that just kind of really like dig in yeah um 
And I mean, I have a few and some of them are mine, but like the two that my two like higher, I mean, Christian's always going to be there. Christian's going to kind of be just like this comforting umbrella over the top of everything. Yeah. (laughs) But the two book boyfriends I respond most to that aren't mine are Colton and Gabriel. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to see Michael as Colton. I'm so happy that that is coming to me and that he was recast, that Colton was recast. And it's now finally, I I look at it and I'm like, there's nothing missing. Mm -hmm. I have to say the same thing for the Actar series. Oh my God. I don't know if anybody saw that. Do you know what I'm talking about? A Court of Thorns and Roses? Oh, is that the thing that uh, Robert Robert Moore from Outlander picked up and yeah. is going to run with? Yeah, I don't know that series, but I... Oh, shit. Tr- trust him. Trust him. He's done so well by the Outlander series that I would I would watch anything that man goes down, go, produces. You gotta Seriously. He's that good. That's raised me. You got to understand. I I was raised on fairy porn. Okay. Like, (laughs) understand that TikTok, you know, obviously everybody knows what TikTok is. TikTok, Actar TikTok right now is in fucking shambles because they just announced that it's going to become a TV series. And I am so nervous because I refuse to watch any Stephen King movie because I love his books so much. Like, that's how passionate I am of like a. I get it. I, get it. I don't want to watch the movies because I just don't want it to be ruined for me. I am so nervous about casting because Rise has such a vivid image in my head of what he looks like, and I'm so afraid they're going to fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up. What, what, what you got to think about though, I think that happens with a lot of uh, book to movies or book to TV shows. Fucking up. A lot of people were really upset that um, how they casted Christian Grey. Listen, I love uh, okay. Grey. This sounds like a good segue. So, yeah, this sounds like a good segue. And let's kind of like roll into this, shall we? Can you tell I have an opinion or six? It's fine. I see that. Go. Go ahead. Okay. If you've seen, if you've ever seen my lives, I've gone live several times. A lot of times, I've gone live with um, my my friend and her husband. Mm -hmm. They are both. They do. 50 cosplay and they do a lot of different things so I've had conversations with him in great detail about this yeah. and what we and go I'm into so I'm here for it <laughs> yeah what we I don't want to speak for him but this is what I have said about it I wish like I wish we could go back and reshoot Driven mm-hmm. with Michael yeah. and take the other one out back and be like, <laughs> go away, little boy. Can you tell I have a problem with him? Anyway, um, I would like to go back and take Sam Taylor Johnson off of Fifty Shades of Grey and be like, James, here, sir. Redo it. <laughs> <laughs> Niall, here, redo this shit script as well. I was pissed when I saw Darker and Freed how much better it was. Yep. I, now I appreciate the 
cinematography aspect that Sam was going for. There are certain aspects of that. I'm like, yes, I would have made that choice. Yes, I would have made that choice. She did not allow Jamie and Dakota to embody the characters in the way they needed to. You could tell James did. You could tell Niall did the script better. He wasn't going to do his wife dirty. The second one's my favorite. That I was so nervous about because I'm like, that book is my favorite. And I'm like, you dick with this book, I will blow you up. I think that Jamie did a really good job with Christian. Yeah, he did. And I think he eventually kind of. I want to read Freed because I want to see what elements I can pick up from that. Mm -hmm. I'm a little. I'm honestly a little irritated. The, the chapter that Erica released at the beginning of the week, I think it was the beginning of last or the end of last week. It was sometime last week when she re-released the fully edited chapter of the first chapter of Freed. Mm-hmm. And it was just after Christian's birthday party and they decided to stay over with Carrick and, and Grace and whatever. And there was this huge argument and it's huge because Grace told Carrick about Elena and he was pissed and then had this fight with Christian and then slammed the prenup talk down with them. I'm like, why did this not get layered into the film and just have the wedding montage right at the beginning? Like why, even in a director's cut, like I don't understand that choice. Like that was super important to me. So when I go back and I look at some, when I read them, especially, you know, when we get you know, Anna's and Christian's perspective. I'm just very curious at what we're going to get from Christian's perspective now that I'm going to go, oh, fuck, why wasn't that in the movie? Yeah, yeah. So I, do I prefer the books or the movies? Um, I like them both for different reasons. In the books, I feel like I get more. I, I get some of these scenes that are my favorite that they either ignored or glossed over in a 20 second blip. Yeah. Um, casting. I loved their evolution. I don't think the franchise would have done as well had Charlie Hunnam stayed attached to the project. Oh now, my God. If he would have done I loved me some him. Jax Teller. Don't I would have killed him. I would have killed him. Wrong. Yeah. He was not no. right for the part. No, 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 no. No, leave and, him as Jax Teller in my mind, please, God, please. Yeah, yeah, no, this that, that was not that was it, it wasn't right, and I knew it wasn't right when they announced it. And Jamie did some really good things. The only the only unfortunate part is that he seems I don't want to use ashamed. That's not the that's not the right film. Yeah, yeah he doesn't want to only be known for that. And I understand that. I understand that as a performer. I understand that as an actor. I, I, I understand these things. And that's but why Harley didn't do it. I'm like, but sir, this put you on the map. Right. Use it as your advantage. I had no idea who he was until Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, see, I did because I watched Once Upon a Time and he was on Once Upon a Time. I had no idea who he was until Fifty Shades. Four, four episodes. The Fall. So. I, I watched The Fall. Which, yeah, if you want a different side of Jamie Dornan, whoa. Yeah, that's but it's how I brilliant. Once upon a time, though, because he plays the sheriff in there, which is a werewolf. 
So if you watch him on there, he's definitely, his character is really, really weird. And I don't, I could not look at him af- the same after I watched Fifty Shades of Grey. I like seeing him in different things. There's some other things that I've in- very much enjoyed him in. He does a lot of period pieces, which I really appreciate because I think he's very good in them. Um, I loved him in Marie Ant- the Marie Antoinette, you know, with uh, Kirsten Dunst. I love that. Um, I, um, the, the movie he was in with Killian Murphy about World War II, Anthropoid, that was, that wrecked me. I saw it in the theater, it wrecked me. Um, so I just wish he was more proud of it because I think it just, you know, it, it, it could have lent himself better, I guess. Yeah. Um, Whereas Dakota kind of like, she's, she kind of took it and ran with it. <laughs> Well, and I think that's more her personality as well. I think she's very open about her sexuality. I love, you know, where she's on, you know, she's kind of on this little pendulum with it and she's, you know, very open about things and not many topics are off the table and, you know, um, I mean, look at her mom. I mean, yeah, I mean, her I think. For me, the biggest thing that Fifty Shades of Grey did, not only because, you know, I love the books and I love the movies, but I think that it kind of, uh, I love that it opened up the door to acceptance of like kinks and uh, like open sexuality, like that these things are like, I feel like before Fifty Shades of Grey, it was like the books, like your grandma hides from you, like with Fabio on the cover, it's like, don't read them. They're like, you know, so dirty, you know? And then Fifty Shades of Grey came out and it's like, listen, like everybody's got kinks. Everybody's into sexual things and it's okay to read about it. And it's okay to like it. And coming- It's okay to write about it. Exactly. And coming from somebody who is, uh, I, is a, I'm trying to find the word to use. Uh, coming from somebody who is and has been a part of, uh, like, I'm in the BT- BDSM community. Like, I know that obviously the movie could not do a lot, but I appreciate, like, what it did for opening up the door for people and seeing that it's not, like, some, like, I mean, obviously there are different severities and different levels and everybody's into different things, but showing people that it's not, what they think it was or what they thought that it would be so I appreciated her for writing it like that because it's like prior to that if you were like oh yeah I'm totally into like you know that kind of thing they're like what the fuck is wrong with you and then Christian Gray did it and then everybody was like just kidding (laughs) yeah well and then you know you have Gideon Cross and then you have the the brilliant and sexy and amazing Gabriel Emerson. Okay. He also had J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood series, which was just like, I love that <laughs> series. Well, I think, I think the other thing that 50 did is they opened the door for a streaming service like Passion Flix. I mean, we would not be able to have Christie's not, you know, Christie's Driven series or Sylvain Renard's Gabriel series. And you know, Dirty Sexy Saint, all those different things. We would not be able to have those things. Yeah. Had Erica not been able to mainstream the romance community like that. I mean, 
it's not all rom-coms and roses it's just not and I like that so um so would you like to see a spinoff of Teddy and Phoebe no Mm -mm. no I I I want to just I kind of want to just leave it kind of where it is Mm -hmm. like encapsulated um I'm looking forward to four years from now when it's going to be the 10th anniversary release of, of 50 and, you know, hopefully a bunch of years already. <laughs> yeah. And in, in uh, 2025, mm-hmm. because 2015 is when it came out. And I, there's been a bunch of us who've been in the 50 community for quite a while who are thinking about, you know, maybe organizing like almost like a convention reunion type thing and where we would actually go to Seattle and Vancouver and do the things. And I'm looking very much forward to doing that. I love that. So that's, but as far as like Teddy, I I mean, I love that they had children like that. Just like there's certain scenes that I can't, I'm like, so there's some scenes okay you're gonna think that this is a great not a great analogy but this is all I've got so like there's certain scenes in some of the 50 movies where I have to like not watch them because it's like watching when Mufasa dies in the Lion King like it's just not okay I can't watch the end of 50 shades of gray and I can't like the song love me like you do for six years now every time I hear it I cry because it's that personal yeah just I I that's how I feel about the scientist the vibe oh that too the intro okay because when I watched the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie I was like oh you know it was good I liked the book better and I don't think I was like extremely like I mean I liked I loved Fifty Shades of Grey but I wasn't like actar Fifty Shades of Grey like how I am about the series that is turning into a tv show but I was like oh it was good I loved the book better but then uh 50 shades darker came out and i was like now this this <laughs> is hitting this is some i like this that's direction and screenplay mm-hmm. and so she that opening scene and that song I, every time i hear it i just have to rewatch the movie i'm like we'll yeah you're it. you're stuck yep you're stuck at that point for so, sure i love how passionate you are about this and now we're going to move to another one the twilight but another one without all the theories yeah (laughs) so how do you feel about some people thinking bella is part werewolf to explain her immunity to edward's powers and why jacob would imprint on renesame spoilers if you haven't yeah i think honestly i think that's crap Mm -hmm. i mean if you i mean they when you're watching breaking dawn you're in listening you know all that they everyone has their own special gifts in certain types of ways. Mm-hmm. There's specifically mentioned, I didn't know your wife is a shield. All the other shields I've seen are so different. Mm-hmm. I just think it had to do with some sort of faded thing over time where then, you know, I'm leaning more towards that they were either you know, she was always meant to be with him. Like, you know how she says, well, you know, now 
I feel more of myself as a vampire than I did not a vampire. Yeah. And so, and then as far as Jacob choosing Renesmee to imprint with, I feel like for me, again, just faded, like a faded thing, like that it was all supposed to happen that way. There was supposed to be all this conflict. There was supposed to be this struggle and fight to be able to get to a point where, you know, all the time he thought it was about Bella, but it was never about Bella. It was because through the years, all the legends led him to Renesmee. I love that, by the way. I know that's like a super controversial thing that happened because I feel like a lot of people don't understand like uh, like the imprinting process of like, you know, in the story. Mm-hmm. And I know it was a, like a problem for a lot of people because they're like, oh my God, he's going to date a baby. And I'm like, no, he isn't. That's like, not what it means. It me- no. if, he, if they listen to the dialogue at all, they exactly. explain it. Like exactly. multiple times. I would do anything, be anything she needs. I would be her protector. I would be her brother. I would be her friend. I would be anything. Exactly. Because that's it's, what imprinting is. Yeah. I will be taking care of her forever. And that makes my heart happy. Yes. <laughs> so I love that. That was probably like my, when that happened, I mean, obviously Bella was pissed, but I was like, Bella, I love this. Calm down, child. Um, okay. So. What about the fan theory that Bella is Edward's soulmate reincarnated? So a lot of people think that when Edward was a human, you know, like he had a soulmate or like somebody that, you know, he was connected to that died. And the reason that he's so like attracted to Bella as a human is because of that. I I think that's, I think, I think with vampire lore, Mm-hmm. that's generally a thing. I mean, if, I mean, we'll go to some other of my loves. So if you go to, if you watch Vampire Diaries, if you watch the originals, some of these theories are in there as well. Mm-hmm. You look at somebody like, so you have Elijah. So you have Elijah and you have Damon wow. and you have, Stefan all kind of wrapped around Catherine mm-hmm. for thousands. Like it started with Elijah for thousands of years. And it's just like this in and out the same with Marcel and Rebecca. It's the same type of thing. It's like, they do this. Weave in and out for like for their entire like- life. And the, until they, learn how to deal with it or submit to it yep and i think that's i think that's a very strong that's part of that vampire piece because i think if it's not there's no other way that you can get through being a vampire because all it is over and over and over again is loss unless you find that mate that comes over and over and over again yes yeah, and it's like for as since like vampires are immortal, it's like that forever kind of reincarnation almost because you're with them for life. And I, I want to be a vampire. I want a vampire <laughs> so bad. Okay, so you I'm, see my always and forever. Oh my god, yes, uh, I love it. <laughs> so so I, was, I, I was looking for because she brought up the vampire diaries, and I know when MJ visited me, I tried to find the same thing because I know it's in a special place. 
Klaus Nagelsmann um, is my baby daddy. A friend of mine was a writer for the Vampire Diaries. Oh, really? And and the originals. So she's looking for this necklace thing. Yes, I actually own Catherine's necklace. Oh, I love that necklace. Yes, and I I have it in a spot like a special spot, and I just moved it because my sister had it was here and she had it out. But it is my favorite thing in the whole world. And I also have in a box downstairs somewhere, I have Damon's boxer shorts. Ah! I would Graham sunglasses. I would literally give my left arm to touch Klaus Michelson. <laughs> I love him. She loved working for that show. She said they are all phenomenal. Mm-hmm. She Klaus was is so fortunate. No, you didn't. Oh, I am obsessed. And you had to show it to me. Oh. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. One more. Hold on. No, my God. The love of my life. Oh, no. I'm so sad now. Oh, no. I wasn't prepared if we were going to go here, but since we are. Oh my God. Oh my I, I would have passed out. I would have literally passed out. The first time I damn near did, my daughter was present. But yeah, like back here on the wall, you, if you've got these four. So the top one is my daughter and I with Paul Wesley. Then we've got Charles Michael Davis, Daniel Gillies. And then the first time I met you here is the bottom one. Um, one. I would literally pass out. I could not do that. Okay, so most obvious question, Team Jacob or Team Edward? I love it. That's my, I, I love that necklace so much. Um, oh, team Edward. Team Edward. I mean, I feel like everybody's team Edward at this point. I feel like you have to be like, gotta be. Yeah. If you're team Jacob, did you really watch him read the movie, read the books? I mean, I think of my, okay. So like when I think of who I am as a person, I am a vampire who loves another vampire. Cause I just like <clears throat> the cold <laughs> and I'm not like, and like, I'm not into the, werewolf thing and i tried reading like uh like werewolf like shifting stuff like that and it's like no nothing hits like a vampire dude nothing yeah i'm i'm considering so one of the things that i'm considering and not for this year but probably for next year is i'm going to try my hand at paranormal and we're gonna do um witches in new orleans oh i'm here for it oh 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 my god Oh my god, listen. My grandma There's so not much paranormal that I'll do like in book work like book wise, but I will do witches. Dead ass. Okay, paranormal was my jam. Okay, obviously I I was raised on fairy porn people. My grandma's <laughs> a witch. my grams is a witch. I sw- she I She does tarot readings. Yeah. So I love my, it. My I love it. And my grams moved from France when my great grandparents were pregnant with my grams. My aunt law was my great aunt, but I just call her my aunt. And so they were, they converted from French Catholic to uh, like voodoo and uh, witches and very like spiritual yes. uh, religion, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way you can explain it. And so my aunt Lala still practices today. Like she has a business where she sells, like she has a store and she sells like tarot and she sells like all kinds of stuff and she reads and she was a median for a little bit. But then she stopped because it like was detrimental to her health. Well, it gets to, I, I, I hear that with mediums, you know, because yeah. 
I feel like empaths are low level mediums, right? Like, cause empaths, we feel all the feelings. Yeah. We don't know where they're coming from or where they're going or why they're kind of like, but we feel all the stuff. Right. Yeah. So I feel like mediums are the next level up because then they can identify and put it to a person, put it to a path, put it to a thing. Yeah. So yeah, you have to stop that shit. Like at a certain point, if you personally cannot go there, um, I like for taught like after she stopped, cause she did it when she was in her like younger twenties. And so like when she explained it to me when I was older, because my dad is Christian. And so he thinks I probably worship the devil. So we don't have a conversation about that, but my dad, who was very Christian, that's why my parents are divorced, obviously. Um, so it obviously wasn't a pro I didn't think it was appropriate for me to learn about the same thing. So when I got older and she told me about it, she like explained it the best way I've ever heard anybody explain it. And it's like, there are doors that you can unlock that you'll never be able to close. And it's very like detrimental to your mental status. And that will eventually become physically, you know, like physically hurt you. Yeah. And so that's why she stopped. But yeah, my aunt, my grams and my aunt, I have all kinds of stories. Oh my God. If girl, if you only, I don't have enough time in this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. I have all my shit up here. <laughs> I have like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah, I don't have enough time to fucking talk about all this shit, but I'm here for <laughs> it. I'm here to talk. I'm here to read it. I will read it. I love so that. People. That'll be a 2023, no, 2022 thing likely. Cause I've got my, the rest of my year kind of planned out. So I'm just here for some witches. Who did anybody else watch the show? I was so upset that it got canceled. The Secret Circle, Secret Circle. which was the CW show about witches. Oh, back in the yeah, that was a while ago. Britt Robertson. I was obsessed with that for the long longest time. I yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch that one. I. I don't. Network I, television is so bs lately well it also was paired it was also put up against the vampire diaries was on at the same time the originals was get ready to start supernatural was still My baby. so it was kind of like you you're pinning it up against all these other shows that have right yeah paranormal those large followings too that's so, hard last question pertaining to these fandoms yes if you change anything about the series what would it be or would you which one Twilight. Twilight. Um, more Alice and Jasper. Oh, yeah. oh God, Jasper. Listen, I, I love, love Jasper. He's hot. When when they came and they were teaching, you know, the the section where they were talking about, um, where they were teaching the werewolves how to fight the newborns, mm-hmm. and at the end, you know, where Bella had that conversation with Jasper and he told his original story. I'm like, so I need to see this in play. I want to see the whole thing. Like I could have watched a whole movie about that until he met Alice and how she had to help reprogram him. I just want to see the first, I just want to see the first moment in film when Alice saw Jasper. Or when Jasper saw Alice. I, I mm-hmm. want to see. Not even film. I just want Stephanie to write that story. I would cry. <laughs> I would li- Did you read Midnight Sun? I have it sitting over here. I have not. Me I have too. not I partaken in it, it yet. I haven't opened it yet either. I haven't read it either. I'm nervous. Okay. I know. So. Where would you like to go next? We are going to go. 
to writing questions because okay. we're talking about books. So when did you first realize you wanted to be an author? Um, this is, a, it, it kind of just was an interesting path. Um, growing up, I was always kind of like the performer. I did, I started off in choir and then I added theater and then I added, I'm a figure skater as well. So I added that. That's about us. Many lane. <laughs> So I added that lane in and then I kept up with it for a while. So, but then after I, I got a two-year degree at a community college here, and then I went to a Missouri Synod Lutheran college, one that Luke and I both graduated from, uh-huh. they did more, they didn't do contemporary theater. So it was like, I'm not about wanting to do told story. I'm just, that just not, was not where my heart loved, lived. So then I just I'm like, okay, well, I still want to perform. I still want to do other else other things so most of the cheerleaders in high school and were mean and rude and not inclusive so I decided to flip the script and the college didn't have a cheerleading program that died in the 80s so I brought it back in the 90s and it's still running today so I got to cheer for football I got to cheer for hockey and I was made to cheer for basketball but whatever I'm not a basketball (laughs) but football and hockey I'm here for it Um, so that was really great. I did that for a really long time. And then, um, after college, I didn't, I, um, well, the only other performing, it was kind of more performing for myself is I, um, was doing Latin dancing for about two years. So that's why, that's where I get my love of dance. Like that's where it was born out of AIDS over here. Um, so then, so then it went back after that, then I had, you know, both of my kids. And after my son was about a year old, I decided to go back to the ice, but there was still kind of this lingering, like, since I was 12 years old, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a working actor. I wanted to be in musicals and be in serious plays and, and just do all those things. And, you know, after I had kids, it was just like, there was no, I, I, I couldn't balance a rehearsal schedule and a full-time job and trying to be a mom and like all the things. And so I'm like, yeah, how can I, so I went back to basically the concept of playing Barbies when you were, when you were little, but you just turned the Barbies into characters in your head and then you put them out on paper. Exactly. And I will owe the fact that I even attempted writing to Erica. I mean, I will, I, I give, I, I told her that. Um, and then it just kind of further, when I found Christy, I was like, she's like me. Yeah. We are, we are very close in age. Our family structures are similar Are you know, a lot of that stuff. And so it was really nice to have somebody where I could go, I could see myself in her and wanting to go in that direction. So I'm still hoping at some point to, you know, be able to take, maybe take my book to a, to film small screen, big screen. I would say small screen would be better for me yeah. personally, because I would want to be more hands-on with it. I want to, I want to learn how to be behind the camera. I want to learn how to scout location sites. I want to cast. I want to do I could see you doing that. I would love to do that. That would be something that I would really crave to do. And, um, I might have an opportunity in the next couple of months to watch a live set in action. So I'm really excited about doing that because I'm going to wrap that into a book that's coming up for this season. I'm putting a book four in my stone world. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about that, but that would help me 
not only give a 12, the 12 year old girl who still lives inside me, part of that dream Mm -hmm. to see if, you know, maybe something could come from that eventually, or, and reel it in with my almost 50 year old dream of having one of my books turned into a film. So that would be something that I would really, really want to do. I love that. I'm excited for you. (laughs) So do you have any interesting writing quirks, like eating Twizzlers while you write or like wearing the same hoodie, like moi? I watched Um, I, I have found the best success for me writing with the Calm app. The what? The Calm app? The Calm app. They have music on there that is all kinds of different and it rotates through different things. Sometimes it's ambient. Sometimes it's nature driven. Sometimes it's, there's songs on there by Luis Fonsi and, um, Demi Lovato and Halsey and Ellie Goulding. And they change, they twist things on its head to kind of put it in that kind of Zen space. Yeah. And when I am stuck beyond stuck, I throw that on and it somehow just channel like opens that pathway and gets like unblocks, whatever. And so when I've been having to like pound words out, like I haven't had to before because I've got like this hard stop coming, I have been using that app, like water and I might do that. Um, and if I get the other two rules that I do, if I'm stuck, I either switch spots, you know, like I, I write in only two places in my house. So I will like, if I'm stuck here, I will go there. Yeah. And if that still doesn't work, I will think of a different scene I want to write and go bananas on that because then that'll usually open me back up to go here. So yeah. sometimes when I'm writing one book, I might have five different documents that I'm trying to pull back together because I, I don't, I can't write an order a lot of times because I write what I feel. And if I'm not feeling the beginning, well, I'm going to land somewhere, land my happy ass somewhere in the middle and just start going. And then I'll go back and bring it in and, and it works for me. Do you write on word? Yes. Have you ever tried Scrivener? I haven't. Okay. So coming from somebody who does the same thing, Scrivener is a lifesaver. Like I'm not joking. Yeah. I only, you only need one document. You don't have to save it under 18 different tabs, like under different, you know, and pull up five different word documents. Scrivener allows you to put everything on one thing. You have your manuscript, you can put an outline tab, you can do character outlines, notes, blurb, ebook, front matter, all of it is in one document and it's all sectioned in different sections. And all you got to do is click on it and it pulls it right up. Hmm. It is literally a game changer. I will have to look into that. I'm I'm super old school. (laughs) Um, So that would be like, um, I mean, I I will figure out, but yeah. Tans and recommend. So what does your family think about your writing and have they read your books, especially your 22 year old daughter? Okay. Um, my daughter did a live with me talking about this very subject, actually. Um, so when I started writing, she was about 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you that 
no one in my family was down for me trying this. And they thought all that I was writing was porn because there was a certain type of stigma. Twins. About this. Yeah. Um, so it's been a battle. I mean, it's been a real honest to God battle being like, do you, I mean, have you read it? Have you pulled it up? Have you bothered to look? Yeah. Um, my mom read Turn to Stone. Um, I don't know if she finished the trilogy. I don't think she did. Um, I wrote something. I wrote a section in entwined and I don't want to, I don't want to say what the section was about, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty tough topic and it was something very relevant for me and my family at this present time. And, um, I cut and pasted it and put it in a word document and I sent it to my mom like, Hey, would you read this? I just wanted her to, to see it. Mm-hmm. Cause basically what I said, even though it was through a character, it was what I was feeling. And I was saying about this particular point in time, her response was, I probably should read twisted so that I can read this. Ooh. Um, surprisingly, my in-laws have been, my mother-in-law has been really great. She's been, she's read, I think almost all of my stuff where my family has not, um, my daughter, she was not a fan of me doing this at first. And it took her a really long time to understand why and, um, be like, mom's not writing porn. She's writing romance and there is a difference. Yeah. Um, I based my heroine a lot in the beginning, my first heroine, Alexandra, I based her a lot off of my, of my daughter and not in, not in a bunch, not in like a bunch of certain ways, but just characteristics, like how she would respond to some things or how, you know, certain personality aspects. And I, you know, to me, I was honoring her by doing that. And she didn't see it that way at first. And now she's come to the other side where she's appreciates the fact that I brought her in to that. But, um, I'm lucky that I have a tribe of very great friends, um, who have been very supportive of absolutely all of it. And, um, I wouldn't still be writing if it wasn't for them. That's like the most important thing is just finding your people, finding Mm -hmm. your tribe of people. I think you're the first author to say that, like, not that your family, like your family wasn't exactly like supportive of it. I think you're the first person to, I think that's the first part. That is the first author to tell us that. Don't you? I think Stevie, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. I mean, my dad, so I think my dad knew from like a young age that I was going to be in this, like I have always been a reader and I started reading on Wattpad and I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but that <laughs> is smut. That is fan fiction smut. And then I started reading fairy porn. And so when my dad would be like, what are you reading? I'd be like, oh, Pride and Prejudice. And like Sarah J. Mass is like, I'm reading about these two people in a different realm falling in love or whatever. And then so when I started to write my own books, I think he always knew that I wanted to write them. And he knows what I write about. And he does joke around. He's like, you are in the porn industry. And I'm like, dad, no, I am not. 
but and he but he is like the most supportive dad ever like he has all of my books but I'm like if you touch them I will gorilla glue them my dad he said my dad was very cute he goes you know honey I'm really proud of you for doing this but I won't read them I said it's but I said it's okay dad it's okay you don't have to you don't have to yeah it's okay (laughs) so super supportive he like buys all of them and you know he's like oh I want to read them and I'm like dad no No. my son that's the one person I have to give props to my son he is going to be 12 and especially right now when I'm going through this big push he comes up and he goes to bed and he goes mama how many words did you get today oh I'm like while I'm here he goes he goes, that's not your goal, is it? And I said, no. He goes, you can do it. I'll ask you again in the morning. And he does. He's just the sweetest and like, be good. what do they do? I'm going to cry. And he's just so like, he'll come in here and just, he goes, you can do it, mom. You can do it. I know you can do it. That's like literally my, my significant other, Fletch. He so when I first started writing and I first started writing this book and like everybody, I come from a really small town where like either you become a nurse, if you're a woman, a teacher, or if you're a dude, you go work in the Coke ovens or you become a coal miner. And that's literally everything that happens in that town. And so when you want to do something outside of the box, something different, a career that doesn't make sense to people on paper, they're like, that's stupid. It's not a career. Right. And so when I started really writing, Fletch was like, you know, I'm here for it. You know, I was working a part-time job. I was working, I was working full-time and I was writing. And then when I started like really like making books and I published my first one and then I published my second one, he has been the most supportive person ever. Like he did not listen. Like he tries. So like the other day, for example, I was like her a box of donuts when she finishes a book he does he does but literally like I'll tell him about these like books I'm writing or I'll tell him about a series I wrote like I read or whatever and he's trying to pick up on the lingo and I'll be like oh yeah arcs went out about a week ago and he's like arcs arcs advanced reader copies and I'm like yes it's so he tries that that's all you know what that's all any of us can ever ask try to understand engage with us about it ask questions you don't have to understand that's not your job the job is support yeah you don't even have to like it but no exactly he'll come home and I love that about him I love that he's so open and understanding to everything because like he'll come home from work and I'll ask him how work was and I feel like somebody else like like somebody that wasn't like him would just be like, oh, well, did you write today? And I'd be like, yeah. And then that'd be it. No, he's like, how many words you get? What chapter are you on? Where are you at? And I'm like, thank you. I know that you think this is boring, but I appreciate it. It's the effort. It's 100% yeah. the effort. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm down to hear that. It's the best. So we're going to take a few reading questions and then we're going to go to trope questions because this episode is going to be like two hours long. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Two hours. I know. Sorry. My bad. You're good. What is the first book that ever made you cry? Oh, God. There's cry and then there's ugly cry. So I would say the first book to make me just cry a lot. Yeah. The, the, um, To Kill a Mockingbird, which is my favorite book ever. 
um Harper Lee Harper Lee that made me cry Mm -hmm. um there was just a lot of there was a lot in there that was just you know and the older I get the more I go oh crap um Romeo and Juliet to be honest reading that and in that did me um but ugly cry uh the 50 books uh Gideon Gabriel I don't think I've ever ugly cried more than I I did when I was reading Gabriel or Driven yeah I mean it's again that broken male thing I it, it stems from soap operas for me. Like when I would watch, so- I've watched soap operas since I was three years old and I'm, I'm an ABC girl. So I've watched all my children, One Life to Live, General Hospital. I did do days until Marlena started Levitate and then I left it. And nope. then <laughs> Young and the Restless. And so, but I could never handle, like, I vividly remember scenes of like, Sunny from General Hospital from all the way back when I was like a teenager all the way to like till now I remember vividly these times because it's that connection to the tortured hero or like um the one who made me cry like all the time was um Luke Perry oh don't do me like that don't do me cry like this on the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh. he was he was my first like real crush on somebody that was my age and um Lane from when he did Lane in is it four seconds seven seconds eight seconds eight seconds yeah well yeah. I was I was the nine oh two one oh girl so oh, like from yeah. nineteen ninety to two thousand he Dylan Dylan was like Dylan uh huh. That is why, that is why her name is Dylan. Yeah. I love that. In Twisted. That's why it's because of him. Riverdale too. Have you read the dark, have you read the Black Dagger Brotherhood by J.R. Ward? No. Oh my fucking Jesus. Listen to me. Lady, (laughs) lady, it's like taking Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight and jamming them together. It is about broken vampire heroes and each book is a different boy is a different vampire man and they each get their own story happily ever after email me the one that's closest to damon and i'll start there i got it i don't worry about it listen what are you talking about they're all fucking broken like Wrath is the first book, and I recommend everybody start with that one because he's a blind vampire. But let me tell you something: that man can see. That man can see. He <laughs> can see, and he ends up with a hybrid named Beth. And then there's this guy named Vicious who can't touch bitches because, or anybody, because he kills people with their, his hands, but he can touch his mates. Oh god! Oh god! I literally. And then there's this one that's like super fucking broken. Like he is like their enforcer. If the vampires were in an MC, like if people need somebody dead. They call him and he ends up with this girl named Belle and she's like broken and she was raped and he's like soft with her and he sleeps on the floor with her. And I, oh God, you need to read. These so books. you, so, so you're saying you like this book. I love this whole series, the whole one, <laughs> the whole yeah. thing, but I recommend you start with dark lover. Cause that's wrath and Beth. And it's a good intro. Like, You'll figure out real quick if you like it or not, because she does a really good job of making the other boys really important side characters where you're like, 
well, shit, I got to read about Vicious. I got to read about him. Like, I got to know what happens. So it's really good. Can I, I cannot it. believe you have not read it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in shock. Okay, go, bet. Go, Stevie. Next one. Um, are you an e-reader or a physical copy girl? If I don't have it in paper, I won't read it. I'll send that ass to you. I'll send that shit to you. <laughs> that ass. I need your address. You can have it. I will email it to you. You think oh. I'm Jewish? Faux show. You think I'm um, Yeah, no, I, I, if I can't hold it, I don't want it. Okay. I, I, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to gift you too. I'm going to gift you. Do you like, you like paranormal? You like that? You like reading it? But do you like fairy, do you like fairy paranormal? Like Lord of the Rings vibes? It's been a long time, but my daughter was very into that. So, but I mean, I, I, I try anything. <laughs> I try anything. I'm going to <laughs> gift you Dark Lover, and then I'm going to gift you A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is the first book in the Actar series. And I want to find out about this because I will support anything Robert Moore does. I just need to know about it so I can get yeah. after it. I'm your lady. I'm your okay. Lady. <laughs> Got you. I'm going to gift you both of those because, but see, the thing is, we'll talk about it after. We'll talk about it okay. after. Anyways. All right. Okay. What is your last five-star read? Yeah, what is your last five-star read? <laughs> well, okay, a couple of... The book is a decade old. <laughs> but um, for me, it's Gabriel's Inferno. I um, I just... There's something about how Sylvain Reynard writes and what he brings to the table for me with that hyper-intelligent male who's broken and then the heroine who thinks she isn't, but turns out to be more like she rises to be an alpha and like they, because you, you see yourself in both places and you just root for them. And I'm, I'm obsessed. I, I, I mean, honestly, and yeah, so that's, I read Driven a while ago. So if I had just recently come back to Driven, I would have been like, ha ha, Colton. <laughs> but I mean, Gabriel just kind of like is living here right now. Okay. So moving on to trope questions, which is our favorite part of the podcast, even though it is the end, sadly, because that's what the bookshelf boyfriends is all about is the tropes and the bookshelf yes. boyfriends. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? Oh. <sighs> That's really hard because I do not write in just one trope. I know a lot of authors, they stick to one and that's where they sit. Um, my stone trilogy is romantic suspense. Then we've got um, twisted and entwined, which are very kind of angsty, but there's some comedic stuff in it. And it's, she's the alpha not necessarily him. And then we've got the sports romance. And then I'm looking at my board going, I'm my next book after Entwined, I'm going to be doing a May, December romance where we've got the 49, 50 year old woman who gets left by her husband for a younger version and ends up with her son's 27, 28 year old pediatrician. Ah! Oh my God. I want to read it so bad. I want to read that so bad. So, I mean, I had that kind of sitting out there and then I'm going to try at the end of the year, my first co co-author write in something that's going to pretty much, I have a feeling it's going to borderline erotica. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we have these characters outlined and um, whew, it's like if Klaus Michelson and um, Gabriel Emerson had a baby. Ooh, give me some of that damage. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of damage. Love. I need that my life. So, I mean, just in the contemporary romance vein, I mean, sometime I might try a rom-com, but I mean, I, I live in the dark. I, I just, I, I live, I live for it myself when that's what I seek to read. I mean, having comedic value in there is good where you have light, you know, you do the light and shade in the whole thing, but I couldn't just write rom-com. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't you. do it. I'm with you, sister. Uh-uh. I write sports romance. And so when I, I make sure to tell people that when I'm like, well, I'm not writing sports romance. I just finished the series. <laughs> And I'm writing a rock star one out. But anyways, when I tell people that I write sports romance, I make it very clear that I do not write rom-com sports romance. So if you are looking for sports romance that will make you laugh, do not read my book. I will make you cry. <laughs> like, don't read it if you're trying to do something lighthearted because I deal with some pretty heavy topics and I don't want you to be blindsided. Yeah. So yeah, it's just difficult. And I feel like sports romance falls underneath the category of rom-com and lightheartedness. And I'm like, no, no, listen, my hockey players are damaged people, except for Nico. Nico's got his shit together. His girlfriend was damaged. His girlfriend was a little fucked up, but it's fine. We love Riggs. Riggs is so alpha female. Awesome. I love her. So next question. CB, you take that one. Which one are we at? The third, the second one, honey. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just gonna pick one and read it. Okay. If you were in a book, what trope would you want to, for your story? Um, Fifty Shades is not an answer. Nah, no. Um, I think I would like. I would like a little May, December in my life. It doesn't need to be 27. It could be 35, 35 to 40 is pretty much my jam. Um, uh, they need to be a little dark and twisty. And I would like to be able to explore whatever sides of my personality I would want to. So a little romantic suspense wouldn't ah! kill me. Yeah. Looking for like a mafia. That's the first person to ever say romantic suspense. Yes. Ding, ding. She is, she's our unique unicorn. She's given, she's really happy. I got a unicorn. Yay. Yeah, you've given such a lot of people pick friends, uh, friends to lovers. Fuck that. Give me enemies to lovers. I want somebody to hate Boom. So that, that right there. Yeah. Somebody give me, hate me so good, please. I would still pick billionaire. Whatever. Stevie, we know you. I know it. It's. Don't that's one trope. trope is because she makes fun of my favorite trope i don't make fun of it what's your I favorite trope go ahead stevie spill it okay. I'm a secret baby girl oh i See? love her baby surprise hmm. babies huh okay hmm. they are my favorite that's interesting a lot of people are like, well, what don't ask me who my favorite writer is. No, just like I'm telling you something without telling you something. Yeah, I already caught that. I just didn't want to repeat it. Okay. <laughs> okay, so our last question is what is one trope you will never write and why? Ooh. 
reverse harem. I don't have the skill. <laughs> uh, that that is a special skill that I do not have in my soul. I know some people that smash at it and I'm just like what goes where I forget where body parts are at (laughs) like when I'm writing one sex scene I'm like wait so if his knee is here and his face is here where is she located this is this is this is interesting I am very visual if I have an idea for a sex scene I usually go I know I've seen something like this somewhere. Where have I seen it? Mm-hmm. I will go hunt that film down and watch it and mm-hmm. take notes and alter it so that I can, because I play, then I can play it because I've seen it actively. Yeah. Then it's easier for me to get it in words. I am not even afraid to admit that I totally do research on Pornhub. I don't even give a shit. I don't even care. Why? Who cares? I- I literally, I don't, it is, it's research. That's what she told me when she, when I told her I wanted, that I was going to have problems writing sex scenes. She was like, just go watch for, for watch one up. But you, you have to look at the right categories. Right. She was yes. so looked at, what did you say it was? I wrote it down. Oh, I, you have to look at the right categories. Do like passionate couple. Passionate, that's what it was. Passionate. Well, yeah. And the other thing, this is so funny because I was talking to an author friend the other day and I'm like, I am struggling with the physicality of this particular sex in the shower with a bench and like this and whatever. She's like, I got you. And then I got, she goes, Oh wait, wait, Pornhub is shit for this. Here's some gifts. So I got an email full of those. I was like, Tumblr man. Tumblr is another one. Tumblr. Yeah. If you can get back on it. I know Tumblr is a good place to find it, but yeah, Pornhub is like research gold, depending on if you find the right shit. I mean, yeah, if somebody people. looked at your research history, you'd be like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I'm a sex addict, but it's fine. This book, Here Lives a Corpse, it's not paranormal romance, but it is a reverse harem. This harem is seven men and one woman. And you would think that it's way chaotic, right? No. Like, the way that C.L. Matthews writes this, I know who each character is. I know where each body part is. I know the distinct personalities of each character. She knows what signs they are with the accent. It's the hottest thing I've ever read in my life. I want want these. I don't want seven men. I want these seven men. Because one of them is a set of twins. And it's hot. It's literally my jam. It's so good. All right. So, anyways, that is the end of our podcast. We are so sorry to see you go, but thank you so much for joining us. It has been so much fun talking to you. And we usually leave the end of this for you to say goodbye. You can shout something out about your book, say a little something about yourself. Doesn't matter. The floor is now yours. Well, fantastic. I feel like people have kind of already gotten a glimpse into like my (laughs) my messed up universe, as I would like to call it. But um, so if you haven't found me, uh, my website, my daughter actually did my website. So um, you can go out there and find my website. Um, it's. We'll have it know. linked below too. In the- oh, perfect. Then that's great. I'm just trying to pull it up. So it's arianarosauthor.wixsite.com backslash Ariana Rose. I know it's long, but that's, that's where you can find me. My daughter did the site. It's amazing. Um, so if you want to start with, in order with my writing, the stone trilogy, which will have its fourth book coming out this year is where you want to start. Um, turn to stone is the first book. 
um, no stone unturned is second, and then written in stone is the third. Um, Julian and Alexandra are my first babies, so give them some love. <laughs> um, then we've got my sports romance. If you like a little bit of hockey and you like a little bit of figure skating and see how these worlds collide in the best and worst ways, Bitter Edge is definitely for you. This is my cocky hero club book. Mm-hmm. And then last, but certainly not least, we have my delicious baby twisted. Um, this is the first book in that series. Um, Entwined is going to be out in June and the hottest cover I have ever had that Ooh. is attached to Entwined will reveal in May. So hop out there, meet Eli and Dylan and meet Wes and Haley too, because you need to know. (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a great night. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you next time.